0: Well hey there everyone and welcome back to Game Store Profits, this is episode 27, my name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. How you doing today Mike?
1: I'm doing well, tired but well. That's uh, that's a good combination actually. It it tends to be, I I had to get up extra early on this uh, fine Saturday morning to serve pancakes in the hopes of getting kids to Boston to serve people. So, yeah, as it stands, we're recording on a fairly late uh, time frame, and so, yeah, I'm pretty much exhausted. That, and I had to go to a three-year-old's birthday party with an Angry Birds theme.
0: I don't know what to say about that.
1: I don't think there is much to say about that, and the fact that, you know, it's an Angry Birds theme. There was much Angry Birding.
0: Did you periodically throughout the day
1: just get to chuck things at things? Oh, many things were chucked at many other things. What's really crazy is is that uh, my aunt actually made her her own version of the Angry Birds stuffed animals. Okay, uh, I've seen the stuffed animals. They are around. Well, she, she basically said, you know what, I can make those. And so she did, and I have to tell you, it's scary how good a job she did. I have talented family members.
0: Can I admit to something that I kind of don't want to admit to?
1: Always. That's like the greatest setup ever.
0: That's that, That's basically the heart of this show, right? Pretty uh, much. <laughs> lately, I have been spending way more time than I wish to admit
1: on Etsy. Oh, Etsy. There's some cool stuff on Etsy, man. Etsy is like most things in life. You know, there's good stuff out there, but you have to sort through a lot of garbage to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to sort through a lot of... Weirdly stuffed animals.
1: <laughs> I mean... there, There's actually a website that was created, a website and a book created based on the horribly weird stuff you can buy on Etsy. It's Regretsy.
0: Yes. See, I would like a more geeky, masculine version of Etsy. I think that would be really cool. Can you imagine, like, an Etsy where there's, like, a whole section of steampunk gear? That'd be cool. That's Etsy. I know, but I know. But <laughs> if you go to Etsy, like, you go to the front page, like, what do you see? You see, like, yeah. all kinds of random stuff that I'm not interested in at all, you know? F- like, the first, if you just look at it and you don't search, if you just go to the website, you would just assume all they do is make little beaded jewelry things. But if you well, search, there's all kinds of cool stuff.
2: There is uh, th- definitely a lot of cool stuff Even if they're just
0: there. a better front door, like... Like, where's the, you know, we need the uh, the, the bathroom sit symbols for Etsy, right? Like, the guys <laughs> go through this door and the girls go through that door.
1: You want to get, like, mods for Etsy. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Give me the manly mod for Etsy. I want to see things, hard, you know, fashioned out of metal. And
0: <laughs> I do, man. Like, give me some, like, I don't know, replica armor and weaponry. Or, like, little tiny catapults that I can shoot across my house. Those kind of things. That's what I want. I don't, I don't need little stuffed animals with big heads. That, that's not interesting
2: to me.
1: <laughs> I don't need tacky uh, outfits. I don't need this. I though, don't need a bag that shines with sequins. I don't need this.
0: <laughs> though it is incredible to me how many communities there are out there. And I think we forget about that sometimes on this show because, you know, we, we are fairly, I don't know, sort of central geek core of uh, geekdom. There are a lot of geeks out there and a lot of strange and scary stuff.
1: Oh, the fringes of geekiness is definitely, I mean, it's a place we that love I don't you. like to be. We were, oh, we were glad we love that you're here you. listening,
0: but you scare us. And that's cool. Oh, you scared me. How about that? I'll give you that.
1: There, there are plenty of people that are scared of us, so we, we're not people to talk. We don't No, judge.
0: people are scared of you and your gigantic wrench.
1: Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. In the places that I bring the wrench out to play, the wrench is the least crazy thing that you're going to see.
0: <laughs> so I was thinking about your steampunk persona for next year. And yes. I got the most amazing idea. I think, right. we need, I think
2: we need to figure out a way to fashion you a cane that converts into a mobile pulpit. No, this silence
1: needs to be in the final cut. Please do not cut that out. I want you to feel every second of me sitting in awe in front of this microphone of the statement that you just made. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Wouldn't that be
0: awesome, right? It's got a couple switches on it. You hit the bottom one, and it kind of, the bottom sort of separates out into maybe like a tripod kind of a thing. And, you know, the handle could kind of break in half and fold up, and boom! You're ready to preach. You're ready to share the word of God in steampunk uh, fashion.
1: All right, Luke, now you have to make that happen. It's not. <laughs> it's just not fair to dangle that carrot in front of me and not let me get to it. Hey,
0: maybe there's some, like, you know, incredible... I don't. What 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 skills would you even need for that watchmaker, woodmaker kind of guy out there who's listening to this show, who just realized that he has an amazing new item that he can sell at steampunk conventions? But the only way we're going to let you do it is if you give one to Mike. first. Is if
1: you give one to me first.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can have full ownership of the idea if you give me one first. <laughs> So but,
0: then, we we uh we digress. Uh you're busy, of you're course tired, we do. you're getting ready for Boston.
1: I am getting I'm getting ready for Boston and my family's annual Holy Cow this is getting ridiculous theme party. All right, what is the Holy Cow getting
0: ridiculous theme this year?
1: Uh this year it is the county fair. Uh so we are going to be consuming large quantities of fried, fried food Excellent. in every way shape and form.
0: Excellent. Who's bringing uh, the pig?
1: Who's bringing what? The pig. It can't be a county fair without some pigs wandering around. Well, we do have a a pig actually. Um roughly the size of an elephant. Big pig. Yeah, I have It's weird. It's funny cuz normally people come up to me, uh family and friends who show up to this who aren't able to, you know, be at the house to set things up and they usually come to me asking, Oh, what's gonna be there? And I'm like, guys, I don't live there anymore. I don't know. I don't have any insider information for you this year. <laughs> but I do I just I just got done with a, a like I said, I just got done with a party with the family, and so I did hear that there was a tremendous pig and there are gonna be uh cows cut out of, of steel because we have access to a plasma burning table that lets us do cool things with metal.
0: Excellent.
1: (laughs) You should put those on Etsy. (laughs) Yeah, oh, dude, we have... Yeah, we're always left with these things after the party going, okay, now what do we do with them? (laughs) Ninja stars. So, uh, yeah, between those two things, I am just absolutely going nuts with preparations and plannings the fundraiser the the fundraiser thing that i was doing this morning was to raise money for kids to get to boston so
0: now how far out is boston
1: uh we will be going august 5th through the
2: 10th
0: oh pretty quick pretty quick uh you know we've been i'm actually kind of just back from vacation spent uh, some time down all of my family lives in southern california i live there is some debate as to whether we live in northern or southern California, but it's right there on the in the middle, uh, out toward the ocean. And uh, so went down and spent time with the family, let the children run amok amongst all of their cousins and grandparents and aunts and uncles, and uh, spent quite a bit of time at the Disneyland, uh, waiting in line to go on Cars, Racer, whatever the name of the ride is...
1: Isn't the, car, the Cars World, like, the newest, coolest thing that they've added?
0: It is, and I'm telling you, every single person in Disneyland is there. And you could go on anything, like, major rides, 15-minute wait, because everybody is in Cars Land, uh, waiting on this, uh, this one particular ride, a couple rides, but this one particular ride in general, and, uh, i tell you what, man, uh... The magic of Disney is really quite extraordinary. And I mean, I I know we all know that, but it's like it just keeps getting better. It's incredible, the things that these people make. It's just ridiculous. Like, you look at this stuff and you think, this, you know, you're driving through and here comes Mater and you're like, that's Mater? It's, (laughs) It's real. I don't know how they did it, but they made him real. And, uh... It's just incredible, and uh, yeah, I love Disneyland so much. I don't even need to go on any rides at Disneyland.
1: Just to be in the aura, just of to be all things just Disney, to watch.
0: And if you have the time, and uh, thankfully uh, this year we have passes for our family, so so we took we you don't you don't feel rushed. You don't feel like you need to to go and do everything in a day or two days or however long you're there. Uh, there's just so many little bits of magic hidden all. Over the place. It's just incredible. Uh, it, you know, it just it's just even a matter of when you're standing in line, you look off at a place where you're kind of not supposed to look, you know? And right. there's something there. And that's just amazing to me. It's like they have thought of everything and just say, you know what? Be in this world and don't ever come out. And I love that. So, yeah, one of my favorite places to be. And uh, I got to spend some time there last week.
2: That sounds spectacular. Now, one you place are... that I didn't go was San Diego.
1: I I would imagine that if you're not going there for the wonderful event that is happening there, you want to avoid that place like the plague.
0: Yes, unfortunately, my parents live in North San Diego. Uh,
1: that so, is upsetting. So you
0: know, things things happen, but um, yeah, yeah, I I just it blows my mind. I went to college in San Diego. And uh, so I was there, and uh, actually Kevin McGill was with me. Uh, we we were roommates in college. Kevin, host, uh, guys can read with me. We were roommates in college, and uh, Comic-Con comes around one year, and it's Saturday morning. And we're just like, hey, why don't we go to Comic-Con? And guess what? We go, we find parking, we walk over, we buy our ticket, we walk in. I don't think you can do that anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I, especially the fine parking part. You know, with uh,
0: Comic-Con being sold out like months and years ahead of time, it has become this massive thing, uh, this sort of gigantic geek culture thing. Maybe comic books. I don't know. Do they even talk about comic books
1: anymore at Comic-Con? They do or at least they're supposed to i haven't looked at the full schedule this year but at least they're supposed I'll to i'll tell you what
0: the news that i'm hearing coming out of comic-con has everything to do with movies
1: and oh yeah well, not that's, even comic yeah, book that's the major media right now
0: <laughs> uh, obviously the lord of the rings the hobbit is uh i don't know i think it's dominated the news coverage of comic-con as
1: it should as it should how do you feel about the hobbit my friend I'm so excited about this Hobbit movie. I started out really skeptical because of some of the things, the preliminary things that they was hearing. Uh, I'm like, oh, we're going to hear, we're going to see Frodo? Why are we seeing Frodo? He's not here in the Hobbit. And then I started to think, oh, Orlando Bloom's coming back. Why is Legolas going to be in this? But as things have kind of progressed, I am kind of noticing. I'm like, okay, well, they're going into the past history and okay. Frodo is probably only going to be in it because it's going to be Bilbo talking to Frodo about some of the finding of the ring which that happened. I he's he's told the story to Frodo as as Lord of the Rings opens up. And I keep looking back and I'm so excited to uh of of one of the the primary reasons why I'm excited about the Hobbit is because of the fact that my favorite character in the book is finally going to be put into a movie. Okay. We are finally going to see Bjorn the Woodsman. I see. Bjorn is my favorite character in The Hobbit. I have seen so many little animated movies of The Hobbit. I have seen so many things talking about The Hobbit. No one ever brings up Bjorn, and it saddens me. And finally, in this movie, we will see him in all his berry goodness.
0: You know, I I was right with you Uh, when that first kind of, you know, when we first heard, oh, they're going to make a Hobbit movie. I was like, oh, cool, Hobbit movie. But then I kind of, I don't know that I necessarily was turned off. I think I was just sort of dialed down. Does that make sense? Okay, I'd buy that. You know, just kind of like, ah, do we really need a Hobbit? Do we need two Hobbits? Uh, Okay, sure. But now, as I start to see more and more, and you get the cool, like, background, like, videos, you know? Like, hey, this is the part of the the Middle-earth that we built for this movie. And you look at it and go, oh, I have to go there? I I have to see that. That stuff's amazing. I'll tell you, the craftsmanship in these Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, yeah. I honestly believe that nothing has ever been that good.
1: I will tell you the exact moment. That I bought into the Lord, the uh, Hobbit movie when you heard dwarves singing, when I heard dwarves singing far over misty mountain cold, I I got chills and I just wanted the movie now. I wanted it to be here now and I wanted to be in line waiting for my ticket.
0: Well, soon, soon. I I uh, we went to see Brave a few weeks back, and I was glad to see the Hobbit trailer. It's this trailer that we've seen. I don't think there was any additional uh information in it, but uh, on big old giant screen we get to hear dwarves singing. That was pretty cool.
1: I I will say that uh pretty much without doubt I listened to it like 6 times the other day. Uh apparently you can hop on YouTube and get like 12 hour loops of just that. That's awesome. And, um, I listened to it a bunch of times. I got so giddy as I was thinking about what was going on with Comic Con and what they were announcing and the stuff that's coming off of Peter Jackson's announcements. And, and, uh, if, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you would have seen me literally put the entirety of Far Over Misty Mountain because I, I just had to. I absolutely felt compelled to get my book out and, uh, and put that down. It was funny, too, because a friend of mine commented on it. He goes, how much of this did you do from memory? And I had to admit that I only had the first two stanzas memorized. I had to look up the rest of it.
0: <laughs> ah, well, that's what the internet's for, augmented memory. Uh, you know, but, so we have Lord of the Rings here. We have Brave that just came out, which, by the way, excellent movie. Um, good.
1: I've heard good things. I. It, it looks awesome. And in seven days...
0: I am going to my first Renaissance fair.
1: Yes. We've been we we mentioned it in the last one. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, I am so excited. Um
0: it's a it's uh it's a I think it's probably a smaller fair. Uh it's it's just a one weekend kind of a deal. Uh
1: um, yeah, but they, they can often be better, in my opinion. I mean they're gonna be less grand, well, you know, but one the, thing the people you said, get into it more.
0: One thing that you said was that in the bigger ones, there's so much stuff you kind of can't see at all. Right. And I think the cool thing about this is my kids and I are going to be able to, my wife too, are going to be able to kind of check it out and go and just see the whole thing, you know, spend right. the day there and kind of just, you know, just kind of uh, experience the, the length and breadth of what a Renaissance Fair is all about. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, you know, and actually just to, earlier today, uh, we had to kind of reschedule this recording session. Uh, from last night, which is a bit of a shame because as you posted uh, on uh, your Facebook page yesterday was something about
2: uh,
0: Embrace Your Geek Day or something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, July 13th is uh, Geekness Day or Celebrate Geekness Day or something. It was one of those random holidays that somebody, whoever makes up random holidays, such like what did I, what did I compare it? I compared it to uh, Sneak a Zucchini on Your Neighbor's Front Porch Day. Which is August 8th, by the way, in case you didn't see that Facebook post. Oh, I celebrate it every year, so. (laughs) Uh,
0: You know, uh, I'm in the process right now of building out my wood shop. And uh, doing it on a budget and kind of restoring old tools and stuff like that. And uh, so the whole thing, man, it's just, I love this stuff. This whole kind of craftsman, build stuff with your hands. I do so much work with my brain. But every once in a while, it's a nice to build something with your hands. And uh, it's a good summer for it, man. It's a good summer for it. Uh, you know, there was one other little bit of news. I think it actually came out uh, of Comic-Con today. And uh, I know it's something that you and your wife might be interested in. We're yes. going to find the good season two of Firefly, sort of, kind of.
1: Uh, uh, I, I... I'm... Trying to guard my optimism and fanboy, like, screaming. Because I I want this so bad, but at the same point, I'm like, I just hope they let Joss Whedon play. Because if they let him play, I it can't go wrong, because he's amazing. He's a very talented dude who has a tendency to get amazing performances out of actors. Uh... I I am curious to see what happens because I hate the word reboot. We've been over this. But if it lets me get more Firefly, I'm willing to give it a shot. And it was funny because apparently I was reading one article where apparently uh, Joss was uh, kind of messing with the audience. I don't know if he'd actually do this or not. But he was kind of messing with them and said, Yep, the first scene of the reboot is going to be a conversation between Wash and Shepard Book. And I'm just like, oh, Joss, you're terrible. And if you don't know why, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go watch all of Firefly and then watch Serenity. And then you'll understand why I mentioned those two characters, because I am against spoilers in all forms. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. They are on streaming uh, on Netflix. Yes, they are. One of the uh, first things, actually, that was on streaming on Netflix. So tell me, uh, you know, everybody's dream for forever has been that. That with all of the popularity that it has garnished, uh, garnered over the last, what has it been, five years, six years, eight years, whatever. Uh, A long time. That somehow (laughs) it was going to magically continue. I do not. mm. That they would bring back uh, the crew and that it would somehow magically continue. Now, I don't know that anybody ever really expected that was going to happen, but that was the dream. But now, it it is going to continue, just in a way that I wasn't expecting.
1: Right. See, I was never part of the I want the story to continue group, mostly because I watched Serenity. And for me, again, I'm going to try very hard to contain myself, because this could be spoiler-rich field here. I have not seen Serenity, so... Which is why I'm going to... Stuff happens in Serenity that would ruin... The story for me, if they continued it, okay, like it it can't be undone, and to undo it would be to destroy the integrity of that story. I was, I, I didn't want to see the story continue. I I was happy with its close at that point because I, I I hate it when people drag a story longer than it does longer than it they should.
0: So, do you want? To see the reboot retell the story, or do you want it to go in different directions?
1: I want it to to go in different directions. I obviously the 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 characters I fell in love with. There are certain aspects of that that I want to see still. Um, I want to to see how the characters interact. I want to see what made Firefly so amazing. But at the same point, I don't want it just to be a scene-for-scene scene reenactment of what we've already done. Because that was when Spider-Man happened. Everyone's like, for crying out loud, can we just move on from the origin story? Yeah, you know, I think that
0: that's, that was the first thing I thought. Was like, really? We're going to redo season one?
1: I Yeah, think... I have no desire to see a season one redo.
0: And uh, and let's, you're right. I mean... How often do we see the same movie made over and over and over again? Uh, you know, and the same thing happens in comic books. Like, yeah, how many yeah, times I are do. you going to reboot fact, these series? One of the
1: crazy things is, is that Marvel is doing a a. They're like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing a reboot. No, no, we're not bringing out new comic books, but we're totally bringing out new comic books.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and we're going to make it so that it is completely incomprehensible to the uh, the average fan. Now, there are things happening in the comic book world that, I don't know, really change the landscape for your average fan. And when I say average fan, I mean the guy who no longer has the time, the money, the energy, the interest to have a pull list. Yes. Okay. And Nor do
2: they have the long boxes to keep them all. right,
0: or the, the space in in uh mama's attic. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that of course is digital comics. And really when we say digital comics, we mean comicology. Uh, right. They're or kind of the, they the, kind of
1: cornered the market on that.
0: Or the uh you know, genre or not genre but producer specific clones of comicology. Comixology. Uh have you ever uh used said device? I know you have an Android tablet now.
1: It was a recent thing. Like, I'd seen it before, and I even downloaded it once, but I never really did anything with it. Um, I, I treated it just as a guy who was just kind of curious in anything. I just kind of loaded. I go, yep, that looks kind of neat. All right, I can get rid of that now. Um, but then the guys over at Penny Arcade, they had a, a while back had created a kind of spinoff. that had nothing to do with anything about their normal comic book their, their normal web series stuff, and so, but it was called the Lookouts, right? And the remember. Lookouts is a storyline. For those of you who might not know, the Lookouts was a storyline of basically this fantasy world in which, in between cities or, or villages, I should say, they're smaller villages. Uh, in between them is this forest, and this forest is filled with horrible, horrible dangers. So the tagline of, of the lookouts is uh, what a man must. What a man must know. A boy must learn. And the whole idea is, it's basically Boy Scouts. If right. the Boy Scouts had to learn to fight mythical creatures,
0: which I think would be very, very fun.
1: It it was such a cool storyline idea. They only did like one page stuff on Penny Arcade, but they've kind of handed the story off to these guys. Uh, I think they call them like uh cryptozoal, cryptozoic. Yeah, cryptozoic is the guys who did it. Okay, and they're they're running with a lookout series. And I did not know the, fir- the first book of the lookout series came out, and they were making all the announcements. Like you could go to your local comic store, or you could go on Comixology and get it for ninety nine cents. Oh, very interesting. So I said. I'm going to re-download this free application and get this amazingly gorgeous comic book for 99 cents. As I'm on there, I'm looking at the, I'm looking up old series that I, I've always wanted, and Uh-oh. I, I'm looking up like, like, oh, they have fables, oh, they have Mouse Guard, oh, they have, <laughs> I, I, I literally told Susan I am not allowed to be on Comixology unattended. <laughs> Because I would walk out of there with huge amounts of debt, and uh, uh, my my tablet would start to glow with content because I would just fill it with comic books. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely a fan of the digital age of comic books. I I was slow to come to this party, but I am full in now.
0: Okay, so you are. This, uh, this whole digital thing is working on you, and now we know, anybody who's listening to this show knows, you are a comic book fan. Oh, yeah. Right? A, a have, part have part of your Boston trip will include- Newberry
1: Comics, we love you.
0: Uh, yeah, a Newberry Comics visit, uh, and a cannoli, I believe. I think you've upgraded yes, the- Yes, um, these, the, these are the, the, the two requirements.
1: <laughs> there, there's, there's one day we get to play in Boston, and in that one day, Newberry Comics and Mike's Pastry. That's how it works. I
0: I think that's perfectly reasonable. Uh so we know you're a fan. Uh you kind of have picked up this the digital ebook tabletized comic thing. So how excited are you about the stuff that's happening now at Comic-Con in the comic world or are you kind of just like wow, really really cool? access to indie stuff like the penny arcade thing and back catalog. In other words, how excited are you about the releases from the big players from Marvel, from DC, from Dark Horse, from people I can't think of the names of right now?
1: Um I'm I'm kind of oddly enough, uh, not oddly enough. I've I've if you talk to me about comic books, you'll hear my otherwise Right, pretty much disgust at the the new fifty two from DC. I, I I've been told that there are good storylines out there, and I'm just not seeing them, which is totally valid because when you completely release new content for across fifty two story arcs, I can't get to all of them. But the ones I've seen, I'm just like I I've completely lost interest in your characters. I'm terrified that they're going to do the same thing with Marvel. Uh, I I am very leery about what they're going to do with. The, uh, the X-Men. I, I don't like, uh, some of the plot lines that I've heard coming along the lines, like a time traveling Jean Grey so that she can come back to life in the main plot line. I'm like, I don't care. Why? Why are you doing this? So, the, the biggest things for me are the, the, I don't want to say smaller, cause smaller includes things like Dark Horse and Vertigo and, and, and big, you know, publishers of comic books but at the same point they're not marvel and dc right well that's for sure so i i i definitely love I've, I've had a lot of love for a lot of things that dark horse is doing i uh i i'm really intrigued by some of these other i i don't even know what the the you actually sold me on one comic book series that i have found absolutely fascinating uh, I should check and see if they have it in the they digital do. format. They do. Uh ir- in irredeemable. Yeah, I I read it in digital format. So I I love that that sort I I'm, I'm a big fan of the anti-hero.
0: I actually kind of like the uh, the other version better and uh, for whatever reason uh I think it's incorruptible. It's the bad yes. guy becomes good. The
2: bad guy becomes good. Yeah,
0: I think that's even more interesting. But it is totally those things. It's only those things. It's only the new IPs that interest me in the comic book world.
1: Yeah, I I in all honesty, I have I'll never lose my love for the old storylines and the, the old characters. But I'm
0: not interested in the new stuff from the
2: old
1: characters. Right, I'm ready to put those old characters down because I don't like what they're doing with them. You know, I and it's it's not
0: even that I don't like what they're doing. I could pick up an individual issue and think, hey, that was fun,
2: but I just, I don't, I don't want to follow the mess, you know, it it would be the same, I mean, it is, it's the same as if
0: they took 20 popular TV shows from the 60s and have just made those 20 TV shows over and over and over again, if we were still watching, you know, the Flintstones and MASH and, uh, all in the family and and uh those kind of things and just watching them over and over and over and over again we would all shoot ourselves yeah and you know or the, do the same with movies or whatever we need some we need new ideas from the big guys too and the problem is I just I cannot handle like you cannot if you go into a comic book store and say I want to buy Spider-Man Or I want to buy Batman. Or I want to buy Superman. You can't. Right?
1: There's like 14 different versions of each one. Which author would you like? Which storyline would you like? Which miniseries would you like? You know,
0: everybody knows I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Star Wars comics, by and large, not good. Uh, I never have been. But, uh, you know, every year, Free Comic Book Day rolls around. And almost every year, there's a Star Wars comic in the free comic book day pile. And so every year, I go in, and I get that comic, and I look around at the Star Wars section, and nobody sane knows more about the Star Wars chronology than me, okay? <laughs> you have to be a little nutso to know more than me, and I'm probably a little nutso, okay? Okay. Even I look at that and go, uh, it's just not worth the effort. I, you cannot have stories happening in six different timelines at once and get me to care. And then you cross over the story so that I have to go and find what I, what's happening in these other lines. I can't just choose one. I'm done. I'm done. However, 99 cents, that's interesting. Because I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah, that... They- uh if you look on Comixology, every once in a while they do ha- they have 99 cent sales where they'll just be selling things for a buck
0: see i w- to me that's like uh okay i would probably do that um but yeah i you know i've spent 4.99 on digital comics i i don't want to do that again
2: right
1: see the the thing that that has always drawn me to to comic books and we were kind of talking before we got started about the whole idea of of the the character the archetypal characters, and I have always been fascinated by the 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 hero characters in. I I've I've often said that I'm not a, a huge fan of the DC comic line to begin with. Um, I was before they took a nosedive, in my opinion, but um. I've always liked a lot of the old, the, the Marvel storylines because their characters were flawed and interesting and still heroes. And I, I love that. I love that, that storyline that, that gets the flawed, interesting hero, the person who has ridiculous superpowers who can tear buildings in half with his teeth and, you know, I'm going to turn into an elephant and, you know, stomp you like but at the same point they're still dealing with the same stuff that we do. And I've I've always loved that and comic books, especially some of these ones coming out of the the smaller uh companies are are putting that out there. They they really are. They're putting out really their books are gorgeous and they're really going they're really doing challenging crazy stuff um one series that i love is they they finally put they've started to put out collections of them and i'm trying hard not to go poor by buying these gorgeous collections because it's they were written and drawn by one of my living heroes which is neil Ga- neil gaiman uh he wrote the sandman books and i want them all yeah, <laughs> uh, m- must have all Sandman.
0: By the way, I just picked up a compilation of Rudyard Kipling short stories with uh, an intro by Neil Gaiman. The dude knows everything. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm. I, I I've always been drawn to them, and it's it's fun too because it actually has like impacted the way i see it, uh even when i'm when i do like old testament studies i i i've even noticed this in my 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 biblical study when like i i read things like like uh i usually I, this is my my selling point for you know why junior high kids should read the bible there's uh things like like ehud the left-handed assassin i i love that story and people People look at me weird that I tell that story with such glee, but i like, this is like something out of a comic book. This is like something out of, of those novels. And I, I, I'm just like, why, why don't you look at it more with, with more glee and, and tell these stories to kids to get excited about what the Bible has to say about things? Well, I actually like, wh-
0: think that some of what you're saying about character development really could assist us in our Bible study. By and large, I think that when we look at biblical characters, we want to paint them very black and white. Oh yeah, we want them to either be these like super holy saints.
1: We want heroes and villains,
0: or we want them to be completely
2: broken losers whom yeah. God is going to use uh, despite their stupid, right? Heroes and villains, right? Uh, and you know, I think that it is that's the sort of the DC version
0: of Bible study. And I think we ought to marvelize our Bible study just a little bit. And try try to look at these people like, hey, they were human. They were just like us.
1: They might have superpowers, but they're still dealing with the same stuff we were.
0: Right, you know. Uh, you might be able to run really long distances at high rates of speed, but you're still going to pout when pouting time comes. You know? <laughs> uh, um, uh, and I think that if we were to take... Uh, just just to step back and say, okay, these people are like us, and they weren't uh, the, these sort of either automatons that were only doing God's will or these these fools who could only go against God, but they had complex drives. They had complex influences, and of course, for most of the characters in Scripture, God is a major influence, but he's not the only influence. Right. Just like in our lives. Right, it would be uh, I, it would be nice if God was the only influence in our life, but this is not the case.
1: I you know, I absolutely love if I'm going to point to one guy, I mean there's plenty of people I can point to, the Bible is filled with them. But if there's one guy I would point to, I got to go with my man Pete. I love Peter because Peter's an idiot. He's <laughs> an idiot who loves God with his complete soul and heart and mind and by those powers combined, they form Captain Planet. I I love Pete, but at the same point, he is such a moron. I just want to look at him and just go, I love you, and then smack him in the face, going, What is wrong with you? This is a man who can, in one part, say, you know, have, have, say things that will have Jesus look at him and go, You are now, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And like two seconds later, he's like, Get thee behind me, Satan. Like, Pete, man, how, how? (laughs) Well, and I love that he's this, he's this guy who,
0: Uh, on the one hand, can say, oh, no, you're not allowed to know Jesus unless you're willing to uh, cut off some of your significant bits. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, at the other end of his journey, say, okay, you know what? I can eat. Right. Everything is clean. And this is a guy who, it's not like God just came and all of a sudden flipped a switch in his brain and said, this is truth. No, this is a guy who had to struggle with the fact that he, he... His God was telling him to do something that was very different than his culture and his ethnicity was telling him to do. And I'll tell you what, if any of us had that kind of bravery to say, well, what if God says this and our culture says that? That's not an easy task. That's not an easy challenge to overcome.
2: You know, I I love
0: uh, my I think that if I could just study Moses for my entire life, I would be okay.
1: It's like if you're going to pick one guy, he's a keeper.
0: You know, and it's the same kind of situation where this guy is just torn up, torn between his responsibilities and his belief and his screwed up childhood and all of these things trying to do something really, really hard. And it's just, it's incredible when you actually allow these characters to be full rounded characters rather than the Superman who is always good and will
2: always win kind of characters right oh i i often ask questions like um when moses dies and and you have joshua sitting there
1: and now it went from moses is going to lead us to the promised land to the entire nation looks at him now and says all right you're up what do you say we do and i i just love putting people in that position because i want to sh- i want to show the i want to show them the exact thing that's going through his head he's terrified there's a reason why god comes down and says hey man don't be afraid i got you it's because of the fact that he was terrified before that moment wouldn't you well yeah and the truth is he's probably terrified after
0: that moment but right but he's seen God. And so he's going to go anyway. Exactly. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we deal with. And we wish that our faith was so simple that all of a sudden God could show up and our fear would go away, but it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And instead, we have to go forward in this complex, hard way. And, uh, you know, I think that the better stories are told that way. And, uh, you know, I do think that there is kind of one other spiritual application from the worlds of comic books, and this one might be a stretch, so forgive me
1: uh we'll we'll allow it wouldn't be the first time or the last time we we do fun things with with geek geekiness ah
0: uh, you know there is this this sense in which there is
2: a battle in comic books between orthodoxy and um uh, uh, heresy, I suppose.
1: Okay, uh, I think I know where you're okay, going, but yeah. you better get there quick. <laughs> uh,
0: well, so, what we've been talking about how they, they just keep on rehashing these stories, right?
1: Yes, the eight different origin stories for every comic book hero ever known to man.
0: Well, here's the thing, is that you can't tell the same story exactly the same way so many times without getting kind of bored. And so I things-
1: I cite the debacle that was Wolverine Origins. <laughs> hey, I I thought it was a decent movie, <laughs> okay. You, you you shut your mouth right now. I mean, we got to continue on with this podcast, but you shut your mouth right now. About right, two se- two minutes, century, state. you talk. <laughs> uh, but
0: uh, you know, we do the same thing. Is uh, in other words, what I'm saying is that there is a way to do this story drift thing, okay? And so, what happens is we start telling the same story over and over and over again. And it becomes, it it morphs just a little bit. And a new person, a new storyteller, a new community takes up that story and and it morphs just a little bit. But as you move on, everybody's absolutely convinced they're telling the original story, but it has morphed enough that it's not the original story anymore.
1: In fact, it sometimes doesn't have anything to do with the original story. And
0: so when another person comes along who has, knows that original story, or, more likely, knows another derivation of that story, you now have to fight. Because one of you is a heretic. And this is what happens in our faith, and this is what happens in our communities, right? We are telling the story of God, but over time, there is this story slide thing that happens. And we are all absolutely convinced that we are telling the original story, but in fact we are telling a story that is this version of the story that's been passed down to us. And even, my people like you and I who've spent decades learning and studying Scripture have to admit that we don't even know how to see the original story most of the time. We're so blinded by our own versions of it. And Because of that, it is really helpful for us to be gracious with people who have a differing opinion about what the story says than we do.
1: Well, one of the greatest lessons I learned when I was in one of my church history classes was uh, the professor was sitting in the front of the classroom and we were talking about that time in in church history when they were they first started really dealing with what is truth about, you know, the gospel and what is heresy. And he starts talking about these things and he goes, your temptation will be to look at these guys and say they are idiots or wonder, you know, how on earth would they ever come up with what they came up with? And he just looked at us. He says, they read the same Bible you are now. And I was just like, wow, that's true. They did read the same text I did. It's just, they saw it from a completely different thing, and it led them into weird places. It gave me a, 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 really a deep seated knowledge that I have to be careful with what I do, and I have to surround myself with people who, who won't automatically say, No, you're wrong, but they'll say, I don't think you're right. How did you come to that? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I can remember a time sitting in a, a college course. We were talking about deconstructionism uh, and a philosopher called uh, Derrida. And uh, the teacher put, uh, it was like a like a can, it was like a, a cylinder, uh, out uh, on his podium and said, what color is this? And we all said, well, it was red. And it looked red to us. He said, well, maybe. And he turned it around. And there was a streak of white down the back. And his point was simple That we all have a limited perspective And because of our limited perspective We are not capable of seeing the whole story And that is the reason Why we need the entire kingdom of Christ Because well, that- Without brothers and sisters To help us see the wholeness of the story We're never going to get back To that original story Even even with our brothers and sisters We're not going to get back Right? We're not going to, to get it perfect But we can get closer
1: well that that same professor looked at us and he 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 was a guy who wore glasses so he took his glasses off he says when i come to the text i can only see this text as a middle class or upper upper middle class white protestant male who who has lived his life in america i will always see the text through those glasses And that will While I try to be objective, that perspective will always color my interpretation of this text.
2: And it was kind of a, a call to realize that
1: that's not the full picture. It's it's not the entirety of of how God's word speaks. Because, I, I was just saying this the other day, so much of the Bible is just stories. And there are times when we wish that God would just nail things down, go, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this occasionally, don't do this if it in this situation. We want those hard and fast rules, but God didn't do that. God said, I'm giving you stories. And I I think that there's important stuff that we miss that somebody else from from another perspective, from another country, from another time period, which is why I love books so much. But they bring other angles to this which don't contradict. They're just other angles. It's kind of like viewing the beauty that is a diamond. A diamond is cut with many different fa- facets, which only increase its beauty. And so that, that's how I see this. I, I, I look at it as we need each other, because if we don't have each other, we're just going to
0: you know, it's, m- miss the story. It's so easy to try to look at somebody and point out where they are wrong. And the fact of the matter is we are all right and we are all wrong. None of us have theology perfect. You know, and so it, we need we need the Pentecostal down in the South. We need the liberationist theologian in South America. We need that white evangelical middle class American Christian. Uh, and in the same way, we need uh, you know Saint Augustine. We need uh, John Christendom, We need uh, people throughout all of history. And together, we we might be able to have an inkling of what the kingdom of God is all about, but we're all right and we're all wrong. And so rather than getting busy pointing out to each other what, how wrong we are, it, it might be helpful to ask people, well, how come you think you're right? And we might learn something. However, they should not make another Spider-Man movie. No, no. No more Spider-Man. No more. I'm okay with another flyer I'm going to be all right with that, but no more Spider-Man.
1: I'm all done for at least a decade. (laughs) There needs to be some time to heal. All right,
0: Mike. So how can folks find out a little bit more about you and what you're doing these days?
1: Well, I actually get to kind of do some exciting news because I announced it on my Facebook page and Kevin didn't yell at me. So I'm guessing that it gives me free right to mention it. Okay. Um, we've often talked about our our dear friend and Luke's co-host over at Guys Can Read, Kevin McGill, and his wonderful story, Nicholas and Company. Well, Kevin has been uh releasing his his book episodically, as in small book, small book, small book, awesome story. Well, he kind of asked me the other day if I would be willing to write an episode of Nicholas and Company. And basically, I got all sorts of excited and said, absolutely freaking lutely I can't believe you're letting me do this. <laughs> um, so one thing that's going to be coming up in the not entirely too distant future um, will be a a story about a character named uh, Ludwig the Toymaker. Oh, seriously? Written by me. Oh, that's awesome. And it will be put out. I don't want to. I don't want to say when it'll be put out next year. I it's it's unfair for me that, to. That put, is
0: a that is an excellent match. I'm excited about
1: that. So I I get to kind of develop dwarf culture in Kevin's world of Mon, and I'm very excited about this because Kevin's dwarves are not like Tolkien dwarves, and so I'm very excited to kind of play with them and and help help Kevin flesh out his world by letting me play with steampunk awesome very cool uh, <laughs> it's win win so that I'll you know as as things become more solidified and you know drafts get written and and edits get done I'll start you know giving you more information regarding that but definitely come next year uh you'll definitely be looking for that story it'll be Kevin's story, Kevin's world, uh, he will hold all the rights to it, but at the same point, it will be written by yours truly, Mike Perna, and uh, I will definitely be pimping out like crazy on this podcast, asking you to buy them uh, to help Kevin continue with his amazing story and help me out, because royalties are awesome. Um. <laughs> but anyway, so... That being said, the normal ways that you can get in touch with me that don't involve super awesome announcements of writing uh are tinkerstory.com is kind of my archive of all things uh writing for what I someday hope to create a book myself. Uh but we will see when that happens. As of now all the stories that I've created so far exist on that on that uh blog that website. I am also found all over social media these days on Facebook. I am on Twitter at Shadow of Cyrano and Von Clockwerk. And if you email us at GameStoreProfits at gmail.com, I am the guy who answers that. Luke, how about you tell us about where people can get, uh, get a hold of you and a little bit about our Facebook page.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Luke Navarro. Uh, maybe some pictures of the upcoming Renaissance Fair might find their way there. Maybe I'll put a couple on the uh, the uh, Game Store Profits Facebook page, which is at Facebook. I think,
1: I think you should. We've mentioned it in two episodes now. Right. I think it's it would be unfair to tease our fans so.
0: All right, we can definitely do that. Um, and uh, to see those pictures, if you're not already a Facebook fan, friend, whatever it is they're calling it these days, you can go to facebook.com slash uh, Game Store Profits.
1: GSP. Game we, Store Profits. We, can Can I just say one more time how much we love you guys when you hit us up on our Facebook page? Like, our, the announcement of our one year anniversary episode, which was our last episode, uh, there are so many cool little comments on it, and we're just so excited when people actually get on there and say that they like stuff that we do. So we definitely want to hear from you guys. We've always said that the uh, we kind of come up with topics based on what's going on in the geek world. But if if you if there's something specific that you guys want to hear about, if there is something uh, a burning topic that is really getting under your skin, we want to talk about that too. So let us know either on the Facebook page or through email, and, and we'll probably end up. It'll probably end up being an episode.
0: And it is Facebook.com slash Gamestore Profits. I double-checked. and uh, <laughs> uh, So you can go there. Hey, I don't have to look. I have it linked. You know, that's, yeah, uh, you it's do. right there on of my homepage. Of course you do. Uh, uh, and if you go there often enough, you will find uh, Mike's ever-changing background uh, collection.
1: I had to put Tesla on there. It was Tesla's birthday recently. There's no way. I would have to revoke my steampunk card if I did not do something for Tesla's birthday.
0: Uh, and as always, folks, we are so thrilled that you're here hanging out with us. We do want you to contact us. The other way you can do that is by uh, sending us an email at gamestoreprofits at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. As always, remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how those dice fall, the game plays
2: on.